Hello and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am so excited to bring back my friend and guest, Misty Jane. So we're going to talk today all about the shame and maybe all the feels surrounding spending and money and all of these things that we can sometimes experience behind the chair at during the holiday season. And thank you so much for being here, Misty. I'm really excited because I think this is a weird time of year in the hair industry. Sometimes there are years where you're just so busy, you're making a lot more money. And then there are those that if you're not extra busy, but you're still doing fine, it can make you feel like you're behind. There's obviously a lot of spending triggers, as you like to call them. And I feel like it's a very loaded time emotionally when it comes to money. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I feel like it's a very loaded time emotionally when it comes to money. Oh my goodness. First of all, Jody, thank you for having me again. You know, I love our conversations. Yes, it amplifies whatever financial situation you were in October. December is going to amplify it times 10 for right. numerous reasons. And whether you're busy in the salon or not, it is still going to be affecting you one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited to dive into this because I know you've got just really great insights on how to approach everything to do with money in a way that doesn't rely on shame, which is a word that I've said already twice at the top of this episode. But I feel like the personal finance industry for so long has relied on shame to almost, you know, embarrass people into behaving. Like when yes. you think about all of these shows, like in Canada, we have one called Till Debt Do Us Part. And it's mm. this meaner, she's very smart for sure. So no shade there, but it's like almost this very like authoritarian. And I think that sometimes it can scare people so much that they would rather just bury their head in the sand. So before we get into this conversation, I have a really exciting announcement for any of you who are listening right now. And that is that Misty has generously agreed to offer her signature course, Money Beyond the Chair at 75% off for Hairstylist Rising listeners only. So this is insane. I'm very excited. And I feel like you're just clearly feeling extra generous with it being the holidays. So if you use code RISING at the checkout page, you will get 75% off, which means you can get money beyond the chair for $97. Is that right? I think it's 99 And honestly, I'll give you a link for the show notes and you don't even have to use the code. I'll make it even <laughs> well, easier. I want to say thank you so much because I feel like as we're going into this conversation, like it's going to really empower you to put some action behind the intention and 
really just come out of that place of hiding because I know for me, and I've said this before, I used to be absolutely terrible with money. I remember being like 22 and getting pre-approved for a $5,000 credit card when I barely made $2,000 a month. I just transitioned to a brand new career. This was when I did a little bit of a stint in sales. I was very young, very green. And obviously that led to a lot of debt fairly quickly. And so I remember always being someone who would just like not open the bills and just not think about it because I thought that if I wasn't really thinking about it, then it didn't exist. Obviously, that was a terrible plan. And I learned very quickly that low-level stressor of, of just having it in the back of my mind was way worse than ripping off the Band-Aid and doing it. But I feel like this is something that happens a lot in the holiday season because we're like, we have to spend this money anyway. And sometimes, and I'm sure you- But do we? But we can this, get but... into that as well. Yes, yes, for sure. We'll definitely talk about that because I, I have some thoughts here and I'm really excited to hear your feedback on that. But- before we do that, can you go ahead and just for anyone who hasn't heard you on the show before, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into being a personal finance coach and life coach for hairstylists. Oh my gosh, where do I even start? Okay, so let's, I'll try to condense this as much as I can <laughs> or we'll be here a while. So I was a hairstylist, I would say about 15 years in, I was in a commission salon I was like top of my game. I was busy. I was booked. I was making as much as I possibly could unless I was going to work 50, 60 hours. Like I basically was kind of capped at my income at that point. And I remember my husband and I, we had just had a baby. We were living in a small townhouse. And I remember just this narrative that we used to have of we're always going to be broke. We're always going to be in debt. We're like, we just, this is what we saw growing up. This is what like our life is meant to look like. And we would always drive around this neighborhood that we loved, that we had friends whose parents were pilots and doctors and all these things that in our minds, we could never live in this neighborhood because we didn't go to college and we didn't make the same kind of choices that they made. And I remember, I don't even know exactly what triggered it, but there was one day where I was like, something is not right. This is not okay. We are some, we are doing something wrong or we don't know something that we need to know. There was this just like click. So my husband and I sat down and we started to lay out exactly what was going on with our, within our finances. And I was very guilty of just looking at the balance, paying a little bit extra on all my debts, just a little bit, just enough to feel like I was paying my debt off, but I was still charging my card. I was... That little bit is literally just covering interest because I didn't fully understand what interest meant. So we sat down and we started looking and we were $48,000 in debt. Like we had no idea, no idea. I knew we were in debt. I knew we had car payments. I knew we had lots of credit cards because, oh, I get 10% off. Of course, I'm going to open another credit card, right? And we sat down and said, holy shit, we're in $48,000 in debt. And where is our money going? So I sat down and again, assessed our entire situation. I looked at what was going on with unintentional spending. I am a spender. I'm still a spender. I'm very much a consumer. Targeted ads get me all the time. I love to spend <laughs> money, right? I don't want people to tell me what to do. If I want to do it, I want to do it. So we started looking and we were like, we were spending over $800 a month going out to eat and not realizing it, right? right. So like in your mind, you're like thinking, okay, I don't know where my money is. 
I can't afford to do X, Y, and Z. But in reality, a lot of times, especially if you're a high earner, you can't afford it. You just have to make Mm -hmm. different choices. So that was the moment for us where we said, you know what? I looked at that plan and I, especially the debt payoff plan, and I looked at it and I said, wait a second. If we put this much towards our debt every month, it will be gone in two years, right? Wow. I think at the when we first started, it was actually about two and a half years, I believe. And we just started changing our habits and being aware and being more intentional. And it was insane to me how quickly we felt in control of our finances. And that was even before we paid our debt off. Three months in, we were like, holy shit. One, we make way more money than I thought. Two, we were literally just blowing it out the window. Like not even realizing it. And now that we have a spending plan that works for us, we have a plan to get out of debt. We started to actually feel in control of our finances even before anything actually changed. So exactly two years, this is insane to me, exactly two years to the day that we cut up our credit cards, we paid off all of our debt. Exactly two years. So we actually paid it off a bit earlier than we thought we were going to. Um, because when you start to do this, you learn that you'll one more money will start coming to you, whether your income rises, um, whether you start just paying attention to the quote unquote free money that's around you. Um, and I think four or five months after that, we bought our house in that neighborhood, which is the ultimate reward. Um, so I started telling the story to peers of mine in the hair industry, and I started getting this, holy shit, Misty, like people need this. So I just yeah. started telling my story and I started being open about it. Um, and then I started realizing that it, it is a hole in the industry. Everyone is talking about how to make six figures, how to make more money, how to raise your income, all of these things. But nobody is talking about what do you do with it when you get it home? What right. is the personal finance side of this? Why are there stylists out here with this quote unquote successful business, but they're still feeling broke and they're still unable to get the things out of their life that they want, the ease in their life that they want. So that's where it started. I quickly realized it was way more than just budgets and spending plans and all of these things. And and that's when the life coaching aspect started coming in because there's reasons behind all of the decisions that we're making financially. And we need to pinpoint those reasons before we can ever start changing habits. Ooh, I love that. And as you were talking to, I, I've heard your story so many times and I just find it so inspiring every single time because I feel like I hear something a little bit different and I hear just different nuances to how everything changed. And as and if you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've heard me talk about this before, but in one of my favorite books, the You're a Badass by Jensen Chero, one of the lines that always really stuck out to me was, what you focus on, you create more of. And so I've really, from obviously, there's all these conversations surround, surrounding energetics and money as well. And I think some of that ties in the sense that there is something to really be said for having a focus. And so when you are someone who is avoiding your money, avoiding whatever it is in your life, I I believe that you're subconsciously in a way like blocking more of it from coming to you as well. And so that's something I know when I first became a business owner, one of the things that was really a little bit scary for me in terms, of, and this is from like a financial literacy perspective, was the idea of like taxes. Mm. Like I was like, 
if I make like a shit ton of money, then I'm going to have a huge tax bill, which I have had. And spoiler alert, it's been fine because, you know, you just plan for that. Yeah. But I that was like one of the little narratives in my head. That's just an example of one of the things that I, I felt scared to grow. And this was many years ago because I was worried that I couldn't trust myself to make the right decisions when it came to money and to be able to handle it. And I feel like this is something that's like, again, this time of year, it brings it up for people. So maybe the first thing we can dive into with it being around around the holidays is that whole obligatory spending thing. Because, and I love having these conversations with you because I feel like someone like your Dave Ramsey would say, just don't spend any money, <laughs> which maybe that's something, maybe that's what you'll say to you. I don't know. But that's where I feel like, again, with like our industry, with the fact that we're creatives, love languages, all of these different things. If you are someone who maybe it's at the time of recording this is or at the time this is publishing, we're going to be a week out from Christmas. And so you've already done the spending. You've bought the gifts. Like maybe you overspent a little bit. How do you A, handle this from like a mindset perspective and B, maybe like a tangible damage control perspective, if you will. Let's start with mindset. First of all, let's stop putting a dollar amount on love. <laughs> if I gave you a $100 Visa card gift, or mm -hmm. I gave you your son on a pair of socks that cost me $15, what are you going to love right. more? Yeah, the socks, of course. <laughs> and I think that we think that I have to spend this amount of money on this person. I have to spend this amount. If I spend under this amount, then it's not enough. And they're going to feel like I don't appreciate them or whatever. But it's the thought that counts, right? It's always the thought that counts. And when you can let go of this idea that it has to look a, the, like a certain amount or look a certain way, we can let go of that. There's like little things like one year when we were going through our debt payoff, Christmas was definitely a form of stress because right. there was definitely, we did not want to spend the extra money. We right. did, but we figured out how we could do it in a way that wasn't thousands of dollars like right. we were doing in the past when we couldn't afford it. And it can be as simple as we did the socks one year, by the way, and the grandparents loved them. That's <laughs> like, so cute. I love that. It can be as simple as something like that. It, it can be combining gifts, right? Make a little right. basket of a movie night for a family instead of buying everyone individual presents. There are ways of being like, hey, here's an experience. Here's a memory. Here's right. something that you're going to value more than this thing that just costs a certain amount of money that right. I'm just going to give you because I feel like I have to. We have to start thinking about stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever felt like you bought just to buy? Have I? Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I just, I think that we have to, and this goes with any aspect of money. Anything I'm going to talk about with money is I want you to spend your money based on your values. So Christmas time is a time to really think about that. What was the second part of your question, Jody? So the second part of my question was, as this episode's going to be airing like December 18th, a lot of my listeners are probably done, right? So maybe you did overspend, maybe you spent and felt great about it. And of course, it's going to be very individual based on like your current financial situation, all these things. But I feel like there's almost this real, it's like the high of the shopping and like doing all the things. And then it's like the low of, oh, there's my visa bill. So where that's where I would love to get your perspective on 
So, and even maybe we can dive into that mindset piece a little bit too, but then also like damage control. Like what are there, and I'm using like air quotes there because I think it's, I think sometimes, again, the emotion, we really tend to like catastrophize things a lot emotionally. At least that's something that I definitely have been guilty of in the past. And so where can we start to, instead of just shoving that bill in a drawer and being stressed out about it, like, how do you handle it when you're like, maybe I did overspend there a little bit? Yep. So first of all, we have to get very honest with ourselves. And a lot of times this can be the hardest part. Okay. And when I say get honest with yourself, I want you to let go of all of that shame-based money education that you've heard in the past, right? I don't want you... I want you to be able to look at your statement. I want you to be able to see what actually went down in December without having Dave Ramsey in the back of your head being like, you fucked up, like you're going to lose house, you're going to be homeless. (laughs) Like you got to let that aspect go, right? Easier said than done for sure. But remember that the numbers are just facts. Mm -hmm. That's all they are. Looking at actually what went down, right? You overspent. Okay. Most of us do this time of year. What did you ever spend on? Was it on gifts or was it on gifts for yourself? Because I guarantee I know the answer to that. (laughs) Coming from someone who does that still, was it I needed to reassess how much I drove and my, our gas amount Mm -hmm. of gas that we spent because we had to drive to five different families house out of town in December. Was it, I hosted Christmas dinner and our grocery bill was like super high. Like, Figure out where the extra money that you the overspending actually even came from, first of all, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's not always just the presents for other people, right? Right. Is it, do you feel like you have to give everybody a present? You don't have to give everyone a present. You don't have to give your mailman a present. Yeah. You don't have to buy an extensive amount of holiday decorations every single year, especially Mm -hmm. if you have financial goals that you need to hit. And I want you to realize as well, as you're being honest with yourself, because let's be real, we can justify anything. Okay, Mm -hmm. queen here, I can justify anything. (laughs) I know you can too, whoever's listening. Be really honest with yourself. Like what money was spent that was unintentional? What money do I wish I had back in my pocket? Because that's the thing, right? There's, we spend more at the holidays, but I have, I am no longer in a place where I feel bad about it after right. because I'm like, I know I'm going to spend this money. Like I have three nieces, like one of them's a preteen and we're going shopping for all three of their birthdays on December 29th. So it right. can be a very expensive time of year because all winter babies, like all of the things. But I feel like instead, like when I used to hide, from money, I would feel stressed about it and I would feel really bad about it. Now, and nothing has really, like I definitely, there's still unintentional spending, if I'm being 100% honest. Right. Like it's most like of I'd us like, still have, most of absolutely. us still do it. Yeah. But I feel like I've been able to get a lot more neutral with it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it doesn't feel as, so that's something that I think is really important too, is it's like, just because you did spend more, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that you have to feel bad about it. Are you still feeling bad about it because you think that you should? Or is it actually out of alignment with what your goals are? And I think the answer is going to be different for everyone, of course. But like, I think sometimes, and let me know if in your work, like, is this something you see too, where it's like, sometimes maybe you're stressing about things that you don't even really need to be stressing about oh my god yes 
<laughs> Absolutely. And I think that stress around Christmas, it, and it depends on the Christmas, right? right? You can think of maybe last Christmas was happy and great and everything felt wonderful. And then the next Christmas, there's stress and there, there's especially financial stress, family mm -hmm. stress, whatever. And you can look back in the year and see why that is, right? It's what I said at the beginning of Christmas. December just amplifies wherever you already were in the first right. place. And I think that looking and seeing what, where the money is going, right? And like you said, taking the emotion out of it, because at the end of the day, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. There ain't yeah. nothing you can do about it now. Unless yeah. you're going to go take everything back, which you're not going to do. Why do you <laughs> feel guilty? Like, why? I, is it because you had goals and you just said, fuck it, it's December. Sorry for all the right. customers today, but welcome yeah, to yeah, yeah. the world of Misty Jane. Um, yeah. Is it you're just stressing about it because you think you should? Or is it because you actually, like you said, were out of alignment with your goals? And I think one of the things that like, you always talk about is and I think you know that phrase like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure I feel like that's something to think about too because like whenever we hear the word I still get like bristly at the idea of a budget per se right I don't right. know why it's like you said it I don't being told what to do whatever but I also know to be true that the most financially secure and stable people in the world like, I, I do plan where my money is going to go. And that's what they, like, I remember reading that in a book that when you have a budget. Finance. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You do. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. That's what I was going to say. I'm like calling myself on my, but it's these little emotional ties. I think that's what it is. It's when you hear the word budget, who do you think of? Do you think of someone wagging their finger in your face? Or do you think yeah. of something that empowers you to not have to feel like shit after you spend money? Because that's it. That's why I prefer to call it a spending plan. They're the same damn thing, right? I, right? But I prefer to call it a spending plan because it is a plan for where you're going to spend. And I think a lot of people get very confused with a budget because they think that I had a hair client. I still do hair one day a week. And I, I was talking to one of my hair clients recently and she's, yeah, I budget. She's, I have a list of all my bills. And I'm like, that's actually not a budget. That's just a list of all your bills. You have a spending plan, a.k.a. a budget, is literally taking the money that you are going to make and giving yourself permission to spend it in the future. That's right. all it is. So it's writing down how much you're going to make and where is it going to go? Sure, those mm. bills are going to be in there because that's like your necessities, right? But I always say all the time, if, if you're a weed smoker, your weed needs to be in your spending plan. That is an expense. Right. If you're a shoe shopper, your shoes need to be in the spending plan. It's not, I have to budget necessities only. That does nothing. And that, I think, is like that piece, right? That's like that really, I want to pull that out and draw attention to that. Because I think so often when we see things, especially if you're someone who has maybe gotten into financial trouble before, I think that if you're someone who has gotten to a place where you've gotten into a lot of debt, maybe, or, and you've tried to rectify it, maybe you've read some of the personal finance books, maybe you've watched some of these shows that are made for TV, obviously they're about the drama, and maybe you've gotten into your head that, oh, I'm in debt, so I don't, I shouldn't be, like, I can't spend money on anything that's not a pure essential. Whereas it's, it's like anything, it's, if you're trying to get in shape, and you go to the gym for six hours a day and you think that's the only way you can do it as being super extreme. What if you can't sustain that in your lifestyle? I feel like that's the same thing that I've seen and I've done it. Like I've done it where it's so extreme where you cannot possibly stick to it. And then you're like, eh, tried. 
failed, yep. whatever, yep. moving yep. on. That right? doesn't work for me. That wasn't meant for exactly. me. It didn't work. That's why it's always about consistency over perfection. And consistency yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a perfect budget every single month. Consistency just means when you go over your budget in December that you're going to continue to work towards your goals in January. Yeah, that's what I love about your approach to personal finances. And I know we've talked about this on previous episodes before where when you tried the all or nothing approach, it was like difficult from a mindset perspective because if you would have an, an error or something came up that was out of your control, it would almost feel what's the it was point, proof. right? So yes. We are constantly looking for proof that something is working or not working. And whatever you are focusing on, like you said earlier, is what's going to happen. So if one little thing happens where it did not go as you planned for it to go, to, in your mind, that is proof that this will not work. Yeah. When in reality, there's, that's not true. It's not true. Like just be, life happens, period. I tell the story about the parking ticket, right? So let me tell the story real quick because this is, I, I'll never forget this. It's just one of those things, right? So my, the story I told earlier, my husband and I sat down, we created our plan. I had already had plans with some girlfriends and we were, vi we tried to be very strict at the beginning. We tried that. It did not work. Two months in, we had to reassess. Anyway, I'll get back to that in a minute. I had plans with girlfriends. I knew it was like a charity walk thing. I knew everyone was going to want to go to breakfast, out to breakfast after. It was not in our spending plan because in our minds that first month we had to be super restrictive and that's the only way to get out of debt, whatever. So anyway, so we, I do the walk. The friends want to go to breakfast and I was so proud of myself. I was like, I can't, not today. I've got things to do. I, you don't have to explain yourself, by the way. Whole nother conversation. Got things to do. Walk to my car. There was a $20 parking ticket on my car. I got in my car and I cried my eyes out. Now, two things happened at that point is one, I realized how emotional money actually made me. It was an eye opener because I would call my husband crying hysterically over $20. And also I realized that that moment could have been like, this is proof it ain't going to work. That's where my mind went. $20. Okay. I could find that on the street. <laughs> for sure. You know what I mean? This is not 200, 20 bucks. And it made me realize one, the emotional aspects of the finances and two, how quickly people give up in that, yes. uh, in that moment, I could have been like, this is not meant for us. We're not doing this. Right. Thank God. My husband very much kept my mind on track and we continued, but we can't keep looking at what's going to go wrong. We can't keep focusing on when is the next shoe going to drop, right? Yes. If we do that, guess what? You're going to find what you're looking for. So we have to focus on, hey, my goal is this. Yeah. And even if something messes up, even if an emergency happens outside of my control or within my yeah. control, maybe I buy a Lululemon leggings and I wasn't in my budget, whatever. You yeah. still have to go, you know what? It is what it is. Let's keep yeah. up the plan. Oh, absolutely. Because if you think about it, what would that look like in any other area of your life? If you're like, you don't like, you don't cancel the rest of your clients because you had one cancellation one week. And that's the same thing. Like, it, right. And it's for a lot of my listeners, entrepreneurs, business owners in the beauty industry, there's going to be roadblocks in business too. And in your personal finance journey, it's all the same thing. And like that resilience and learning how to not just throw in the towel every time something gets hard because it will. 
That help. is where you really build that those like long-term habits. And even if you fall off of it, you can always come back. I think that's a great lesson for everything. We talk about we talk about not trusting our financial decisions. And that's why, because we give up on ourselves so quickly. I want you to think of your money as a relationship. I want you to think of it as your friend or somebody you're dating, right? If you're lying to them, you're not being honest with them, what's going to happen? The relationship is going to go away. And that is what we do with our money every single day. We, we lie to ourselves. We ignore money. We, we don't really pay attention to it. I'm not going to be in a relationship with somebody like that. Money doesn't want to no. come to you. And I'm yeah. not super, yes, I believe in the law of attraction, but I'm not talking like crazy woo-woo stuff. If you are not taking care of your finances, you are repelling money from 100%. yourself, yeah. period. Hundred percent, and it it is like it's on a conscious level and a subconscious level. I completely agree with that. It's the even just like looking at it, like your business finances, your personal finances, like just paying attention to it. I know you talk a lot about things like having money dates with your significant other, or like my business partner with my retreat. Like we go and we talk about it because you, if you don't talk about it and you don't pay attention to it. It's like, how are you ever going to grow that thing? It's yeah. going to be really tricky. The mindset aspect of it is so unbelievably huge. You and I were just having a conversation recently where I have literally created a life that I have been wanting forever, forever. And I found even as a money coach, and I say this all the time, your money journey is like a roller coaster. Like you, money will always be a little bit of a stress in your life. Does it have to of be course. as stressful as it is now? No, no. And are you going to maybe not stress about you get your financial shit together? Everything's going great, but something's going to happen. Your roof's going to leak. There's going to be something that kind of goes, ugh. Yeah. And, but what can happen is, and in this particular conversation we were having is like, the money tr stress trumps all of it. And it makes you forget all the other things in your life that you should be grateful for, all the other things that are going well, right? And why is that? Because we, it is so ingrained in us. It is so yes. ingrained in us. So many of us have seen money struggles with our parents, with conversations, movies. I Oh my God, I watched National Lampoons, like, Chris, like the Christmas movie. And watching it as an adult, I don't know if I had never ever really seen the full thing as a kid anyway, but watching it as an adult, I was like, this is a very sad movie. It is this man who is like trying to prove this amazing Christmas and all anybody wants is to just be together. And he's like yeah. spending all this money to do all this stuff and putting a pool in the backyard before he gets his bonus that he doesn't yeah. end up getting. Like it was really sad. <laughs> Not to mention, it's something I noticed too is all movies from that era. Like no wonder people feel so weird once they start making good money because the person who has money, of is course, evil. has to be some greedy, evil, rich douche. Like, of course. Exactly. It's, it's wild. And that even things like that indoctrination, like if you think about maybe indoctrination is a small, a strong word, but like it's more like it's the the undercurrent of a lot of our the things that are made. And especially I feel like during the 80s, 90s, if you think about powerful women in movies, they're always mean. If they're you think about rich people in movies, they're always jerks. And it's so interesting how we expect ourselves without thinking about any of this, without questioning any of it, to be able to create wealth and be able to do all these things that we want to do 
And really, we need to confront that mindset piece because there's probably a small piece. I remember reading, I can't remember which book it was, but at the beginning of my personal development journey where I was like, yeah, we do demonize like money and and that we wonder why we can't make the amount that we want to. It's wild. Yep. So we say that we want it. We say that we want it. But if Mm -hmm. we don't actually truly believe in our mind that it's possible, like, God, I Mm -hmm. I wish I had a million dollars. But like my mind is going, you're never going to have a million dollars. You're never actually going to have it, (laughs) period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Living in this neighborhood, we would drive around and say, we messed up. We're never going to be able to do this. That is where we were before we got our financial shit together. We had to start taking action to prove to us and our mind, to ourselves and our mental, whatever goes on up there, uh, we had to prove that we were able to be those people that were capable of living here. And you can't do that. Somebody couldn't have just handed me keys and been like, here's your house. I, it wouldn't have worked. You had right? to become. You have to become the person and you can only become the person if you start to take the actions. Yeah, I love that. And I think too, like even when you think about the catastrophizing and this time of year and all these things, like if you're someone who is listening, like you're really someone who goes all in on their career, right? I think you're not listening to hair rising if you're just like, if you don't care, right? Like you're investing your free time to be here to listen. And I do think that's one of the things that I see so often is we achieve things and we change our lives and we do all these incredible things. But during along the way, we normalize every level of it, right? And the things that once maybe felt would have felt huge 10 years ago now are more normal. And it's easy to think about all of those hard things and maybe the month was as big as you want it to be or anything like that. But if you actually look back over the period of time that you've built up your business and that you've done all these things, like you had done things that are really freaking hard. You have overcome so many challenges. And I just want to bring attention to that because if it's a confidence issue and it's a faith in yourself issue, and we've talked about looking for evidence and looking for proof during this episode, look for proof of all the incredible things that you have done. Look for proof of the difficult mountains that you've already climbed. And if you're struggling in your personal finances, or even if you just want to take more control, it might seem scary at the bottom of the hill. But once you're halfway up it, it's not going to feel so steep anymore. And when you're doing this, right, and I do, I same, strongly encourage you to sit down and really write it down, write down your wins, really think about the wins in your life. But remember, nothing is too small. Mm. Nothing is too small. Right. Like I think we think our win has to be I got out of twenty thousand dollars in debt. No. Maybe you paid off a two hundred dollar credit card. Yeah. Maybe you actually just looked at the transactions in your bank statement. Like literally it nothing is too small. And if you do struggle with that mental mindset, the win can be just shifting that. Oh my God, I'm horrible with numbers. Shift that. Actually, I'm very open to learning how to love my numbers or whatever. Right. So don't you, it doesn't have to be this big grand thing. Like it can be these little wins. Do you know what? I'll tell you the turning point for me, speaking of like small things, like the turning point for where I started to feel a lot better. And I started to be able to earn more money. I started being able to develop confidence in myself, make big investments, all of that kind of stuff was when I started looking at it. Mm -hmm. That simple. It literally was just looking at it. 
But the financial stress cycle, that's what I Mm -hmm. say all the time. Like we are literally, we're stressed out about money. So we completely avoid it. So we continue to stress out. But guess what is going to help you no longer stress and make you feel in control? Actually taking control. (laughs) Like actually (laughs) taking a look at what is going on. Because at the end of the day, the numbers are just facts. They're just facts. Whatever we feel about them. And I would even challenge you to go back. And if you do choose to get money beyond the chair, you're going to, I'm going to talk about this in the course has all all the things we talked about. It will guide you through all of, but why do you feel the way that you do about money? Why do you feel the way you do about debt? What narratives did you see when you sit down to look at your finances? Do you automatically get anxiety? Is that because? You, I personally, I saw my mom sit down at the dining room table and do the bills and do her checkbook and be stressed out. So right. as a child, it was literally ingrained in me to when you sit down at the dining room table to do these things, I'm, I felt her stress. So as an adult, it's the same. Money thing. equals stress. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you had parents that fought every time money was brought up. Like you take that on. Yeah. And as an adult, you have to pinpoint, is this mine to hold anymore? Or is this something that I have taken on through growing up, the things that I saw and figure yeah. out how you can do it differently. I now we do money dates. Let's go somewhere comfortable. Let's go on a right. date and talk about our finances rather right. than sitting at the dining room table because that doesn't feel good. I so finding that. different ways that work for you and letting go of other people's narratives really go a long way. Oh, I love that. And I love how you say all of this journey and all that. I think everyone thinks of it as something that's so negative and has to be so hard and so terrible. And just that simple phrase that you said earlier, it's giving yourself permission to spend. The beautiful like light at the end of the tunnel is that you can spend money without feeling guilty every single time. Like how much sweeter would whatever it is that you want feel if you could purchase that and it was like, yeah, I bought this. Yeah, I still have a little bit of credit card debt, but I planned for it and it's okay. And you're making progress towards it. And that's the biggest thing. It doesn't always have to be this or this. Sometimes it is, obviously, but sometimes it can be this is okay and this can be okay as well. So thank you so much for being here. Can you just give a quick rundown while we wrap up and before we say goodbye of what's actually included inside of money beyond the chart. Do you talk about debt? Do you talk about a spending plan? Do you talk about like the money date thing? What do you cover in that? Yep. So I talk about all the things. This is like the all the things package, right? You're going to learn how to sit down and assess your situation. You are going to figure out what you value and what your goals are, as well as pinpointing your spending triggers and different ways that you can supplement those things because a lot of times our spending triggers are emotional different Mm -hmm. ways to supplement those things instead of spending and getting away from your financial goals it includes the spending plan spreadsheet it includes the debt payoff calculator which is probably my favorite thing the thing for my husband and i that really proved to us that we were able to do it was sitting down and making a plan of getting out of debt this calculator does that for you you put everything in there, like you put in your balances, you put in your your interest rates, and then you choose how much extra you're able to put in a month, and it's going to show you exactly what happens. Oh, my um, God. So, yeah. It even That's cool. You, I didn't even know that. Yes. It shows you <laughs> per month what the payments are, and, and then yeah. if you pay extra, you can put it in, and it adjusts the calendar. Like, it's it has graphs. I'm, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> 
I am all about visuals. It has how to celebrate your wins. This is huge. I don't want you to restrict yourself. If you restrict yourself, you are not going to get to where you want to be because you are going to feel like you've wasted your life. I don't want you to do that. I want you to celebrate your wins. So it it has all the things, literally all the things. And I love how it's designed like by a hairstylist for hairstylists because it's so, I feel like we just think differently and we see the world differently and, you know, the things that work for like people who are like hardwired to become accountants, for example. Like right. I know accountants who literally love accounting so much. Like it is like their jam. It is their favorite thing. They feel as passionate about accounting and doing taxes as we feel about doing hair or yeah, no. online business or whatever. And so there's so many different kinds of people is my point. Like it's and so what works for people who are maybe more hardwired to go into something like that. Maybe it's not going to work so well for people who are inspired to go into like art and a people-centric business. So I definitely love that it is really designed for our industry. So thank you for that incredibly generous um, resource that you provided. Again, you can use code RISING on the Money Beyond the Chair page, or you can just click the link in the show notes and that will take you directly to it. Thank you again for an incredible, illuminating episode, Misty. And I am so excited for the next time you're back on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.